Joining us now is international evangelist Bobby Wade. He is a marvelous preacher and demonstrator of the Word of God, one of the best. Prophetic ministry flows out of him like a mighty river with miracles, wonders, and signs following. He is licensed with the United Pentecostal Church, Michigan District, and bases out of Abundant Life, Silsby, Texas, Bishop Doug White, and Pastor Ben White. Contact Brother Wade at bobbywade30 at yahoo.com. Also follow him at bobbywade31 on Twitter. Hello, Brother Wade. Welcome to Spirit Signal. Oh, it's my honor. Thank you for having me. And Absolutely. I've been, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but you and I talk pretty much every week. And uh, it was time we started recording what we're saying, because I'm telling you what, the Holy Ghost moves in our conversations, doesn't it? Oh, man, yes, sir. And uh, it's, it's just an honor to be able to have conversation and, and carry on um, things to the Spirit, to have somebody to interact with that uh, is uh, walking in the Spirit and has got their finger on the pulse speed of what the Holy Ghost is doing. And so mm. I always enjoy our conversations. Yes. And uh, around here, we feel podcasting is the future. And uh, really, podcasting is relaxing. You know, it's nice to just put your earphones in and uh, listen passively as another person talks, right? I mean, uh, what we're doing here is not really pulpit stuff. It's not really podium. It's uh, conversation, and God moves in conversation. You know, I've been at plenty of times just riding in the car, like uh, you and me were riding riding in the car. Last time you were here in Kansas City, just started talking, man, the Holy Ghost moved. Uh, man, I'll tell you what, uh, the first time, so we talked on the phone a lot before we ever met, but then we met officially at, uh, in Detroit, Michigan at prophetic word conference, pastor Art Wilson's. And we were there talking in the hotel room. And as we were talking about the things of God, what showed up an angel of the Lord, right? You remember that? I remember that very well. And, uh, it was a very impactful moment. Uh, it was powerful. And we had a God connection ever since. Amen. So, so conversation is, it's important for, for people, preachers, obviously, but also families. Families aren't sitting around talking about God anymore, are they? No, sir. Uh, but that's because they're, um, so preoccupied with everything else uh, other than having conversation about the things of God. And consequently, um, they miss out on some deep spiritual things. Remember years ago, families used to pray with each other. Mm. Um, you know, they used to pray together. And I'm not talking about just before they ate a meal, but Many times they would have, and this is an obsolete term from, uh, from many, but uh, they would have what they call a family altar. Yeah. Where they would come and, and meet at uh, an altar where the family met and they would pray and talk to God and God would give direction mm. and God would order their steps 
And, uh, but that's, that's, um, that seems to be archaic now, but uh, it really isn't. It seems to be archaic, but you know, they, people wanted years ago, they, they looked for that interaction, not just with each other, but with God and God would honor it. Yeah. And uh, it was, it's a great thing. And, and people's lives weren't so chaotic. Mm. You know, we needed an answer. We went to God, we prayed, talked to God. Mm-hmm. And therefore we didn't, you know, now we carry all of our problems to somebody that's connected to God. <laughs> Instead <Problems>. of connecting. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We take all of our problems to the pastor. Like he's the, the you know, he, like he's the solve, uh, solve all for everything. And the pastor has got his own burdens. Well, where he, where's he going to carry them? He's got to carry them to God himself. So, yeah, no, we don't do that. I didn't mean to go on all that, but yeah, we. So, it, but I think the best time to carry your problems to the pastors right before service, right? Just dump it all on them right then. <laughs> oh and then, huh? yes, yes. I have to have an emergency meeting right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I stubbed my toe before I came here, and I saw stars. What did that mean? <laughs> yeah, and that and that happens, but uh, don't do that. You want your pastor to take you seriously. You want God to do a miracle. Don't do that. Altar call is appropriate, right? Altar call is appropriate. Absolutely. That's really where something's really going to take place and happen. But uh, so conversation, talking about God really has become, like you said, obsolete, but God moves in conversation. And you said the will of God, the direction of God can happen. You know, a lot of Jesus' ministry took place around campfires, right? It took place in homes. It took place in conversations. Sure, there was times he would get in a boat and preach across the water. He would sit on a mountain and preach to everybody, or he would uh, stand by a tree and teach the multitudes. But conversation is a lot of how the Lord taught. It's a lot how the Lord expounded and really opened up uh, people's understanding. So we've got to learn as a church to talk about the Lord as, as families, uh, also, uh, as, as a uh, ministry teams, pastoral staffs, right? We got to learn to talk about the Lord. You know, I've been in many times at just at the dinner table and, you know, it's, <laughs> you think about this, you know, the Bible says prayer and fasting. It's kind of hard to pray while you're eating, right? Have you ever tried that? It- not very many times, <laughs> but you know, you're at the dinner table and you're talking and all of a sudden the Lord moves just as you're chatting away. Isn't that awesome when that happens? Yes, sir. Absolutely. And, and there's been many times where we've sat at the dinner table and we were talking about the things of God and the presence of God would show up in such a profound way where we lost our desire to eat. And um, we would have, we would have heavenly visitations. The angelic yeah. would, would show up and, uh, we would have, you know, cause the Bible says we entertain angels. We don't, we certainly don't worship them, but we do entertain them. That's what the Bible says. Yeah. And, and sitting around the table and talking about the things of God, it attracts and the very opposite happens because when you're having a conversation about about 
things that are opposite of the things of God. Well, that attracts stuff as well. Mm. So that means our cre- our conversation creates atmospheres. Oh, absolutely. That just goes back to the principle where two or three are gathered together. I'm there, you know, present with them. Now there's context to that, but it's, it's certainly true. You just start talking about the Lord and God gets interested. Like, have you ever been uh, at a conference or something somewhere and you're just, you know, out the corner of your ear, you hear somebody say, Brother Wade, and you turn around, you're like, whoa, who's talking about me? You know, or you're on social media and maybe somebody tags you in, in a tweet or something and you're like, whoa, somebody, you know, we always like to hear our name. That's the way every person is. And I think God is the same way. Like he wants to be talked about. He wants to be talked about, whether it's um, at the dinner table with the family, together with people in your church, you got youth groups, you know, out to eat together and they're talking about God, talking about the service. God moves, he manifests, you know, and he's most certainly uh, moves through podcasting uh, like we're doing now. Praise God. I mean, I already feel the Holy Ghost just uh, uh, talking to you by the way God is interested in our conversation and he wants to get talked about. Uh, he wants us to talk about him. Brother Wade, this past Christmas, I was sitting there and the thought occurred to me, things are really good. They're almost too good. Matter of fact, they are so good, something bad is bound to happen. I just kind of felt that. I felt that at Christmas. I felt that at New Year's. And then all of a sudden, we started hearing reports in February about a strange virus coming out of China and it's flooding the whole earth, you know, and that's just kind of how it is, right? You're at ease. And then all of a sudden bad, something bad happens. Is that kind of how it is for you? Uh, yes, sir. Um, we start taking things for granted. You know, we think that, you know, um, you know, things are going to continue on as they are. And you're right. Uh, in order for us to appreciate what we have been given uh, many times instead of being appreciative we take for granted and and that's when things become very dangerous we get relaxed our defenses go down and boom an attack happens yeah and that's exactly what happened at Pearl Harbor hmm the morning they were attacked, they, they had, I mean, they had basically put a cap on everything. They just was like, it's a sunny day here in Hawaii. May nothing going to happen to us. Uh, one, one story I heard was that one cap, the, the uh, one of the captains or admirals had just, he had went for his morning walk, left his post and as it were, just took for granted that I'm in paradise. Mm. I'm in, I'm in paradise. And then boom, um, the Japanese army on December 7th, 1941 attacked our fleet and lost many lives. Yeah. So you're right. Uh, taking things for granted and being at ease is a dangerous thing. And we're seeing that now. Yes, sir. And the closer we get to the, to the catching away of the church, that's going to be more of how you see it. You know, 
Apostle Paul says, when they shall say peace and safety, then the destruction will come, right? You know, but when, the, when the end really begins, it's going to be preceded by a lot of peace, a lot of safety. Things will seem to be good. The Bible says in Psalm, Psalm 73, Behold, these are the ungodly who are always at ease. They increase in riches. Surely I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocence. For all day long I have been plagued and chastened every morning. So even there in the root of the Old Testament, it warns us that it is a way, a practice of the ungodly to always be at ease. And I think it's dangerous, you know, for spiritual people, apostolic people to be at ease. I don't think God wants us to have that type of feeling, those type of thoughts, right? I mean, it's good to rest and relax. Obviously, we believe in that. But to be at ease thinking, I have no problems. I have no worries. I have no cares. I am perfect. I am great. I am mighty. And ease really is the spirit of pride, right? Absolutely. Yes, sir. It really is. And while you're at ease, the enemy will see you preoccupied with with relaxation and while your head's turned one way the enemy is working in an area that you can't see it's called a blind spot mm. and when you're and when you're an e at ease you don't pay attention to the blind spots mm. and that's what happened to david david um when he had his grievous sin with bathsheba all the kings went to war. What did he do? He was at ease. Yeah. And him being at ease opened the door for an adulterous affair. And of course, that's that's a long winding road that you you know we could venture down, but we don't have enough time in the day to do that. But uh, suffice it to say that. If you're at ease when you should be at war and you should be vigilant, mm. something's going to slip into your blind spot and it's going to cause you problems later. Absolutely. Yes, That's not Jesus. Yeah. Jesus told us, yeah, take ease, rest, relax. Don't worry. You know, I, I mean, he did say that to us. He said, take my yoke upon you. My burden is easy. All of those things come unto me and I will give you rest. You know, our ease is in Jesus Christ. Our rest is in Jesus Christ. You know, our comfort is in Jesus Christ. But the context of what we're talking about here is, as long as you're living in this world, never find ease in this world. Never find true rest in this world. Jesus said, never, you know, I came to give you peace, but not as this world gives you peace. And an example of this would be the rich man. You know, he, he looks back and says, oh, wow, you know, look at all I've done. Look at my bar, look at my crops. Look at like, look at all the harvest that I have. I'm going to build great new barns. I'm going to take ease. I'm going to say to my soul, you know, eat, drink and be merry. And then God says, you fool, your soul will be required of you this night. So there's just uh, a danger there in the attitude that, you know, I look how mighty I am. I can relax because of all the things that I've accomplished and all the things that I've done. You know, you can't be eased in this world because this world is troubled. 
you know, this world is groaning. This earth is uh, ready for the judgment of God. You know, I mean, and you look at the signs all around us. I tell you what, this COVID-19, Brother Wade, there were two major things that caught my attention. Number one, it was when a hospital was blown up in China. There was a lot of COVID uh, cases there in that hospital, and it was blown up. You know, because an explosion gets our attention, right? <laughs> you talk about yeah. Pearl Harbor, <laughs> a bomb, an explosion, that'll get your attention. And then secondly, Absolutely. in the wake of COVID-19 here in America, there was an earthquake in Salt Lake City. And I thought, there is no way mm. this is a coincidence. Because in my no. mind went to what Jesus said, that there will be great signs. There will be signs in the heavens. There will be signs in the earth. He said there would be pestilence. You know, he said there would be great many earthquakes. There would be conflict of nations. You know, and the dreaded one, he said there would be famines. Bro, I don't think America's ready for a famine. I, I, I don't. I mean, we're going to survive this COVID-19. We're going to survive all the mayhem in our, in our big cities, but we ain't going to survive no famine. Uh-uh. I mean, if anything happens, I'm coming to Silsby because I know you're going to have a rack of ribs smoked every day for us, right? Well, you come right on, and I'll tell you something right now. We got enough. We, we, we've got a. You talk about pandemics and epidemics and such. We got here in Texas. Um, our our state here is overran with wild hogs. <laughs> so <laughs> we we got. We got meat going, and if that runs out, then we got we got the ocean we can go to, and if that happens to run out, then we're just we're just in a mess. Yeah, that's all I know to say. But we got enough wild hogs here to uh, to last us. So if you start running out up there in Kansas City, you come on down down here, and we'll have a we'll have a nice plate fixed up for you. Oh man, I'm getting <laughs> hungry. Come on now, but yeah. uh. You know, the world is so fragile. Um, you think about this. We were not ready for a plague, and all of a sudden it came out of nowhere. You know, I mean, yeah, no, goodness, we weren't ready. Yeah. What is no. up with the toilet paper? Have you figured out the, the toilet paper crisis? I, I don't get it. Oh, Lord. I, I don't understand. No, I have not. I have I, not figured it out. And if you figure it out, let me know. Well, I've thought about it. You know, I've. You're, you're walking through the store and you see these ladies come passing by with like 15 rolls of toilet paper in the cart. I mean, they're just rushing for toilet paper. I'm like, what's going on? Do people, you know, think they're going to get bad diarrhea from COVID-19? I, I, I don't understand it. I've never seen anything like it in my life. You know? I, that's the well, at one of our stores, yeah, at one of our stores here, at one of our stores here, they had armed guards guarding the toilet paper like it was Fort Knox. Oh my goodness. I mean, yeah. It's really come to that. Well, thankfully the toilet paper is back in stock. That's a sign, you know, this thing is coming to an end and uh, gas prices yes, are sir. coming up. Uh, I gas prices are coming up. There's traffic again. I was happy to see traffic this morning. Uh, the price of beef is coming down. I mean, everybody ran, you know, to get, extra deep freezers and buy, you know, whole cows, you know, they're ready for that. But you think about this. Electricity is wonderful. I love having power. 
you know, if it weren't for electricity, you and I would not be talking right now. But the power grid of this country could be knocked out very quickly and very easily if somebody knew what they were doing, right? One of these sophisticated... Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I mean, you was just mentioning all about the, the food and stocking up on food. And while you were talking about that, I was thinking, what good would that be if the power grid went out and we mm -hmm. lost all of our freezers, we lost the ability to refrigerate our food? That would be a real problem. Mm. What a real problem. Yeah, life without electricity. I, I, I mean, for, first of all, you know, I admire these guys who are prepping. I've been studying it. And the, the true prepper gets ready for in the event there is no electricity. There is no running water. There is no utilities. And a lot of what these, these men and women are doing now is uh, sealing their food. You know, they'll, they'll make like jerky and then seal it up uh, with, with like this device that just seals food. And once it's, you know, sealed with this really nice plastic, it'll last 25, 30 years. It's kind of like those meals. Uh, what are they called? MREs? Something like that. Once they make them, like they'll put like a, a full dinner in, in this deal and seal it up like spaghetti and meatballs. And you can wait 30 years later after it's sealed up, open it up and have a nice hot meal, spaghetti and meatballs, you know, right then and there. Or, you know, you could put a rack of ribs in there, seal it up, and there you go. So sealing, it's, it's kind of the way to go, something to think about. So you need that, you need water, and you need lots and lots of toilet paper uh, to survive a they shut down. I got a, a question for you, Brother Wade. Have you ever observed electricity behaving strangely when there's spiritual activity? Uh, you know, um, if I have, I don't really remember it, but I'm sure I have. Um, I will say this. I have seen the elements. I have seen the elements react um in certain ways when there's spiritual activity i've seen that um, storms I, yes sir hmm. like one time i was in a i was in this uh like this trailer rv situation and uh i was in there with a man of god we was talking about the things of the spirit and a conversation yep and he got to prophesying. And when he did, I mean, there was no storms on the radar at all. And when he got to prophesying, the winds and the elements began to shake. And that whole, that whole camper, RV, I should say, uh, to be more tech, technical, the, that RV began to shake and the winds began to stir up and the lightning. It was, a, it was really crazy honestly. But to say that I've seen the electric mess up, uh, not really, but, you know, it wouldn't surprise me at all to hear it. Because uh, God's in control of that. And, yeah. and uh, so, uh, have you seen that? Yeah, I have. Well, first of all, yeah, storms are electrical, right? Even the human body you know, is electrical and therapists have found this out, you know, you know, using uh, electromagnetic therapy uh, just in the human body, the way the nervous system 
you know, is wired and things like that. You know, science is discovering this, but yeah, I've observed this and this was happening last week in Kansas city uh, during the riots, the looting, all of, all of that. There were strange storms that happened. I've, I've got it recorded last week, three nights in a row and a weird, strange storm would just stir up here in the Kansas city area right at 4.15 a.m. I'd just wake up and hear thunder, lightning, and it would rain, and only for about seven to ten minutes, and it, and it was just gone. And I've, I've looked on the news about it. Nobody really knows how to explain it. They're just storms that just sort of generate. And from what I can tell, other, other cities across the mid, Midwest were like this. And I, I just oh. think when there's spiritual activity, the spirit world, this is the world of obviously God's spirit, angels, Satan himself and devils, when they get on the move, uh, the weather behaves strangely. And I remember as a kid hearing Brother Billy Cole say that a rainstorm precedes revival. It precedes a great outpouring of the Spirit. And when he came to Kansas City for the first time, (laughs) it rained and rained and rained. And then just about five hours before church time, the rain let up. I mean, amazing. He said that happened often. There was always rain right before revival. It was like the spirit world was signifying, you know, a great harvest was coming. A great outpouring was coming. Yeah. Well, if anybody would have known, it would have been him. Brother Cole was a, a mighty, an apostle of God. And yes, he's seen many, many miracles, signs and wonders. And uh, so he would have known. He would have known. And, uh, you know, it's good to notice patterns like that. Yeah. Um, it's good to notice patterns. Some people are so oblivious, they think it's a random event. But what we just talked about a few minutes ago about being at ease, when you're at ease, you just, you just take something as a, you know, a coincidental event. But when you're, in tune with what's going on you can say hey wait there's a pattern here and that's obviously what happened with brother cole he he'd see the elements react before the harvest Mm. very powerful yeah and it's good to observe those patterns and with that you can understand the spirit world through the natural world you know signs signals you know the basis of what this podcast is all about to answer your question earlier, have I seen electricity behave weird when there is spiritual activity? Yes. Matter of fact, it happened to me last week. Happened to me last week. I was just sitting here in my office. It was about 7.30 in the morning. I brewed coffee, and I was just going to have morning prayers with the Lord. It's just, uh, I do it every day. It's fellowship prayers uh, with God, relationship prayers with the Lord. And while I was sitting there, to tell you the truth, I was just thanking God for my wife and my children, thanking God, you know, for for the blessings that we have, everything we need, thanking God for our church, uh, thanking God, you know, you know, our church is slowly reopening, things like that. You know, things are okay. We're coming back to some sort of normal. And then out of that, out of nowhere, the Holy Ghost moves upon me, and I began to go into spiritual warfare. And I started to come against the spirit of arson. 
I started to come against the spirit of arson upon church buildings, houses of worship. And I started praying and asking God to guard this building, to set a hedge of protection, a hedge of angelic uh, angels of war all around this church. And I just prayed those simple things with a cup of coffee in my hand, and I could feel the wind of God all around me. And when I said all of those things and I closed that prayer in Jesus' name, all of a sudden, you know, the whole entire building was on. You know, this, I'm in a commercial building, you can hear the air on. You can hear electricity on. You can, the building's just alive, right, with electricity, power. And when I said all of the, that, that prayer against the spirit of arson and spirit of mayhem, spirit of riot, all of that, and I said, in Jesus' name, all of a sudden, the entire building shut down. All of the lights just boom. It, it was just like dead silence. You know, when you're in a commercial building, you, you, if you stop and listen, you can hear the power in the building. It went into dead silence. And I walked out. Uh, well, after that happened, I just, I'm in a dark room, pitch black. And I said, God, something just shifted in the spirit world, didn't it? Didn't it? And God said, yes. And when he said yes, in the audible thought of my mind, all of a sudden the power came back on. Just the building lit up. I walked out into the sanctuary and some of the stage lights were behaving funny. They were flickering. It actually took us a couple of days to figure out what was going on to fix it. Uh, the internet started doing strange things. We had, we had to get that fixed. I'm, I mean, when there's a clash in the spirit, even electricity behaves weird. People behave weird. Animals yes, behave weird. I yes. mean, it's just a sign that this earth that we see that we live on, it's not just us here in this world. There is something greater, something above us. It's the spirit world. It's God's realm. It's alive. Absolutely. It's moving. It's active. It's all around us. Absolutely. And I don't know what else God has got to do to get our attention to repent of our wickedness and to follow him. I mean, what was it? Five, six years ago, we had a series of blood moons. We had all of that. You know, we had that yeah. great uh, eclipse across America followed by hurricanes. You know, we've got a pandemic going on right now. Now we've got conflict like, like we've never seen in our lifetime right now in our cities. I mean, what's next? What does God got to do to get our attention? Hmm. Well, what you're saying is <laughs> what you're saying is, is absolutely correct. And here's the thing that we're seeing um, is what we are seeing right now. Now, um, this is somebody made this observation. Actually, it was my, it was our pastor. He made this observation. Um, uh, my bishop, uh, Doug White, made this observation that what's happened is since the church has not been meeting together, and you go through the book of Acts, and there was many times, and, and, and I realized that, uh, and everybody's got any sense, realizes that this coronavirus, you know, it was real. It, it, um, people were sick, all the above. But, but there was something far more sinister at work than that. Because the, in, the enemy knew if I could get the, the church divided and if I could get them apart from each other, 
mm. then I could, I could work some real mayhem. Well, what we're seeing is, uh, and this was, uh, this was an observation brought to me by, by our, our bishop at the church there. He said, he said, what you're seeing is a small glimpse of what will happen when the church is taken out of the earth. Hmm. And he said, he said, um, when the church is taken out of the earth, there will be evils that have not, that, that have not been walking the earth for many centuries and they will be resurrected and they will take over this earth. That's in revelation. Yeah. And so he said, so what's happening right now is because the church has not been able to come together. He said, and they've not been able to pray together because praying by yourself is powerful, but the God did not intend for us to be disjointed to to think that we could live without one another. We need one another. Uh, it was a book of Ecclesiastes that said, two are better than one because they have great reward for their labor. Uh, so it was the design of God for us to be together. And he said, so what's happened is, is that when we, when now that the church hasn't been able to come together, there is the earth, the spirit of the Antichrist has been able to come upon the earth and to cause all kinds of chaos. So now what the church has got to do when it comes together, the church has got to come together and go into spiritual warfare and to combat the spirit of Antichrist. Mm. And so, you know, this is, this is not, I think you mentioned it, to me uh, a couple of weeks ago that, that the Lord showed you, this is not the last thing that we're going to experience. No. And, and this is not going to be the last thing, but the church, um, you know, brother, brother uh, Tom Barnes said, God raised up America for three reasons. Mm. And he said, he raised up America. Number one, to send the gospel around the world. That was number one. Yeah. <clears throat> number number two, uh, to protect the nation of Israel. And number three, to keep the Antichrist from showing up before it's time. Yeah. And we always thought that the spirit of the Antichrist, Brother Justin, would show up overseas somewhere. And we would load up our aircraft carriers and send it overseas, send them overseas and fight the spirit of the Antichrist on foreign soil. We never dreamed in a million years we'd fight it on American soil. But here it is. Here it is. And the, and the church cannot afford to take and be silent. We cannot afford to be silent. And I'm not talking about being on a street corner, um, you know, getting involved in all kinds of secular things and social issues. The best thing that the church can do in social, uh, in the midst of social issues is pray. Amen. 
and be available. But it's a trick of the enemy to get us sidetracked with all that's going on in the world right now. It sure is. And we, we must be vigilant. We must be vigilant. Because uh, the spirit of the Antichrist is running rampant. And we've got too much revival ahead of us. And I really do believe that. I know people are always, they're all doom and gloom. Well, make no mistake about it, my brother. You and I both know through our conversations, 10 weeks ago, a shift happened. And a, major, and a major prophetic shift happened. And we're never going back to business as usual. <laughs> and 10 weeks ago, uh, 10 weeks ago, my brother, uh, it was as if God took his hand and shoved us through a door. Mm. And he shoved us through the door of, uh, the Lord brought this to me. He said he shoved us through the door of accelerated prophetic fulfillment. Mm. Whoa. So, so that's what happened 10 weeks ago. We crossed a threshold in the spirit and we're never going back. Man. We're never going, never going back. You, you can go back to your building if you want to. And, and, and I think that's great. And I believe it's, it's awesome. And, I, and I'm all for it. But make no mistake, when you go back to your building, you have, you have crossed the threshold of accelerated prophetic fulfillment. And, 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 you're, and unless you tap into that, services won't feel, if services again will never feel the same because there is an urgency. There is an urgency from the spirit that is upon us. Yes, and, and it's good. Yes, it is. Yeah, can't be take can't be at ease. No, you know, it's just a reminder. There is really not a lot of great things in store for us in this world. It can't be falling in love with this present age, falling in love with this present world. We've got to keep our mind on Jesus, where He is, and that is in heaven, in the heavenly realm. Accelerated. Prophetic fulfillment. Is that what you called it? Can you repeat that? Yes. What, yes. what was it again? Accelerated prophetic fulfillment. That's Accelerated. what happened 10 weeks. Yeah, that's what happened to, to us 10 weeks ago. Accelerated prophetic fulfillment. The church was shoved out the door of ease hmm. into accelerated prophetic fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then more distraction came, you know, with all of the mayhem all around us. And, and you know, I, I, th I think it's, you know, a lot of this has just been the, um, the weariness of COVID-19 pushing people to act like this. And we certainly understand. And, you know, every, there's certain people that just grieve differently, you know, like this. And I, and I think a lot of this is, has been healthy outcry you know, from the people for, for society. It's brought us together 
and a lot in a lot of ways some good has been done it's gotten a lot of us talking so we thank god for that you know talking about the subject of racism you know which which needs to be discussed uh the church needs to educate itself you know on all of those things we need to we need to know how god taught us to love and how to treat each other you know but a lot of a lot of the rioting you know it's it's put fear in people's hearts and uh that part of it certainly has not not been great for america um the spirit of vengeance is in the earth right now it's i believe we should cry out for against injustice i think that's biblical you looked at what what the generation of abraham did with sodom and gomorrah a horrible wicked city had a lot of injustices and the and the world cried out cried out to god and god heard the outcry of the city came down and took care of business burned it to the ground israel uh cried out to the lord there was outcry against egypt god sent him a deliverer and there's the outcry of the people, you know, for freedom, justice, all of those things. But vengeance is different than seeking for justice. Vengeance, you know, is wanting to get more than even. And there's just that spirit in the earth, and it's, it's of the world. Uh, you know, I've heard you say, Brother Wade, that God does not share his vengeance with men. Is that right? Uh, yes, sir. Um he he don't uh that's that's his and his alone and if we try to participate in that uh it's never going to come out well mm. and uh you know while you're talking about this my brother you're talking about injustice and there has been many injustices done but while you're talking about this out of the blue this statement came to me and the statement is, justice isn't available when lawlessness prevails. Hmm. When lawlessness prevails, there is no justice available. Because every man will do that which is right in his own eyes. So, it's profound. So, and that didn't come out of the blue. That came from the Holy Ghost. Yeah, that came from yeah. that. That came from the Lord. Yeah, Brother Wade, uh, chase a rabbit trail here. A lot of people. I get a lot of questions here on this podcast on the voice of God. God speaks audibly. God speaks through signs and signals. God speaks through the Holy Word. God speaks through preaching. But when you say this just came to me out of the blue, would you describe this as? a thought that did not come from you came a thought came from somewhere else. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Because That's, I've never thought of, I never even thought of that or that statement I just yeah. made to you. Yeah. I this never is happening to people. Yeah. It's a, that's what I describe it. It's a, you are thinking what God is thinking. Like have you ever been in, in a room and you know something happens and you turn and look at the person next to you and both you raise your eyebrows and it's like hey we're both thinking the same thing it's just like the same thought hit you you know and yes. i i think that's the way it is with god god's in the room and all of a sudden a thought comes from nowhere you're thinking the exact same thing that god is thinking you know god's not speaking but he's implanting what he thinks about things god has his own mind god is 
giving you a piece of his mind to guide your life. It's like a thought that comes from nowhere. And it's very gentle. Thoughts are not strong. Thoughts are very gentle. And I, I think we've got people that are figuring this out, and it's proven to be uh, very beneficial uh, to find direction from the Lord. I mean, that's a powerful statement. Justice isn't available when lawlessness prevails. Justice isn't available when lawlessness prevails. Uh, Brother Wade, talking about vengeance, uh, Brother Eli Hernandez, a marvelous evangelist, uh, has passed from this life and he is now with Jesus. He said that he was working with his parents to build them a house. His parents retired and they were building a house. And one of the builders embezzled $30,000 from the family. $30,000, a lot of money. And Brother Hernandez went, went and prayed for two hours, you know, uh, pouring his heart out to the Lord about this. And God spoke to him and said, do you want to sue and go to the courts of men? Or would you rather have my courts, the courts of the Lord? And Brother Hernandez said, well, I, I want the courts of the Lord. And God said, done. And it ended up being that they were able to save quite significant, significantly more than $30,000 on building that house. So uh, justice was done through God. So, uh, you know, this idea of vengeance, do you think that if man takes vengeance into his own hands or through other men, it lessens what God could do for you in this life or in the life to come? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because we only see one piece of the puzzle. But, but God sees not just part, but he sees the whole. And when God passes judgment, he don't pass it on part. He passes judgment on the whole. Mm. And he, he addresses the whole matter. See, there are different facets of, <clears throat> there are different facets of uh, areas that we have been wronged. Mm. And so, whether it be trespasses against our person, whether it be trespasses against another individual in our lives, or whether it just be, you know, it, it's just, a, you could go down the list. But when God addresses it, you bring it before the Lord. You spread it out before God. God looks at it and says, okay, if you want me to make a judgment on it, I'm going to not just part. And so then you have a completion of, of the whole thing. And I just think that's, mm. you know, that's so, it's so profound because that's how he can be. That's how come he is the ultimate and righteous. Will not the judge of the whole earth do right. Mm. Yeah. We've had, we've had unfortunate injustices happen in this country in the last several days. Yeah. And the Lord is saying to this nation, if you'll turn to me, if you'll turn to me, 
I can bring judgment against these spirits that are trying to destroy your lives. Hmm. And, and I think that's so powerful. Will not the judge of the earth do right? He always does the right thing. No. He always does what's right. He always does the right thing. He always, and, and we've got to believe that all things do work together for the good. To them that love the Lord, to them that are called according to his purpose. We, we really do have to believe that. Mm-hmm. So vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. Yes. And these spirits, these spirits, this is why we can't get on social media, my brother, and start arguing with each other and start and start interjecting our opinion because we're not fighting against flesh and blood. Yes. We're fighting, we're fighting against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness, rulers of wickedness in high places. It's, it's, we're not fighting flesh and blood. And God's going to, God's going to repay these, these, this spiritual wickedness. Yeah. But that only happened if we go to the courts of heaven with it. The courts of heaven. Yeah, it says in First Corinthians six, it's it's you know the passages about the problems that arose in the Corinthian church was suing each other. There was probably some business that went wrong in the church, and Paul said, "You know, why bring these cases to the courts of men? Why not settle them amongst yourselves? Because don't you know you will one day judge the world." You will one day judge wickedness. You will one day even judge angels. I imagine it like this, that when the white throne judgment happens and God ju- and, and the sea, the earth, everything coughs up the dead and they all stand before God and God's going to tell them why you went to hell and now why you're being sent to the lake of fire for eternity. And he's going to tell them, you know, you did this and this and this, and they're going to try to convince God they didn't, but the Lord's going to bring witnesses out and say, this person saw you do this. This person saw you do this and will be witnesses in judgment against all the wicked. So it's like every person that ever sinned against you and never repented, they're going to have to give an account and an answer for that, and you'll get to witness against them, your offender. Every demon that troubled you on that day, you will be able to say, demon, you did this and this and this. I'm a witness of this. And God will say, what further need do we have any witnesses? Go to the lake of fire. I mean, that's the vengeance of God. <laughs> His punishment is far greater than the courts of men could ever even try. His vengeance is far greater than what any, any judge could give you. Amen. And I think, you know, if... If you, got, if you got a case, absolutely, God has chosen our, our law enforcement. He has chosen our electorate, elected officials. They are God's ministers for this time. They do not bear the sword in vain. Uh, their power comes from God. But I think, you know, the Bible speaks about obtaining a better resurrection, a better resurrection. There is blessings in suffering. There are blessings enduring conflict and chaos in this earth. 
And so instead of seeking the courts of men, wait for God, wait on God. If there be any here listening to this, you're a victim of horrible racism. Just you wait. God is going to give you the vengeance you want. If you've ever encountered any prejudices, any horrible things, any slander against your ethnicity, just wait on God. He sees it. He hears it. He knows it. And one day, all of the people that thought that they were better than you, who knows? Maybe if they make it to heaven, who knows? They're going to be pushing a broom, and you're going to be driving an Escalade, right? (laughs) There's levels uh, of reward in heaven. Now, I'm just, just pulling that out of the air, but yeah. God sees everything. He hears everything. And the day is going to come when the rewards of heaven are going to, going to happen. And those who endured it with patience, endured the suffering, endured the pain, endured betrayal, and all of that, you know, you may be a pastor listening to this right now, and somebody owes you several thousand dollars, 30000 40000 50000 and you very well have a case against that person. And you've decided not to take it to the courts of men, but you're letting it uh, remain in the hands of God. The Lord will give you vengeance, if not in this life, but in the life to come. Mm. You you know what, bro, you're absolutely right. It's something you mentioned that I know a pastor that was in a building program and they had and a builder come in and this was after a storm destroyed their building pretty much. And so they were, I mean, just a mess as you can imagine. And so the pastor took and employed a contractor. And when it was all said and done, he embezzled $300,000 from them. He took $300,000 from that church, my brother. And in fact, took the money and did not, and did not pay the subcontractors. He did not pay all the subcontractors. And one of the subcontractors was in the city where that church was. And they went around the city putting up billboards saying this church owes them how many thousands of dollars and the pastor was distraught because he's like i you know and the church governing the board wanted him to sue that contractor Mm. well it turned out the contractor he himself was an apostolic man uh and he he was actually going to go get a lawyer. And the Lord said to him, do you want to try it in the courts of men, just like Brother Hernandez? Or do you want to try it in my courts? Mm. And God would not allow him to take him to the law. And my brother, when God stops you from doing that, he's got a greater level in mind. He's got a greater he's got a greater level of justice than even the courts of this land can provide. Mm. Yes. So you're absolutely right. Wow. We gotta leave we gotta leave it in the hands of the Almighty. 
and trust that he knows what he's doing. Trust him. Trust him. Yes, sir. Praise God. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this podcast. Take some time to pray after you listen to it. And then also please consider subscribing, leaving us a great review and rating, and sharing this podcast with somebody. I know it'll be a blessing to them. We love all of you. God bless you. Brother Wade, thank you so much for taking time out to be with us on Spirit Signal. I love you, my brother. Love you, my brother. It was an honor to be here. And you're doing a great job on this podcast. It's phenomenal. Quality, content, it's awesome. Keep You keep it up. You're doing awesome. You're doing great. Oh, man. Thank you. Those are very kind words. Uh, Brother Wade, you have blessed my spirit today. I love you very much. And uh, you're going to be with us here in Kansas City, here at the Life Church of here at the Life Church of Kansas City this coming August. And uh, God's going to move. God's going to move. He's going to thunder out of Zion. All right, my friend. Uh, it's time to go get, a, go get an afternoon snack. I love you, man. We'll talk soon. Love you. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. <laughs>